Okay, so Rick, you made a pretty bold statement. <laughs> you said that disciples are best made through purpose-driven churches. Are you saying that other churches aren't getting it right? No, no, that's <laughs> not it. And again, I'm not hooked on words. I'm not hooked on terminology, but I am hooked on the truth of God's purpose for his church. It's his church, not ours. Yeah. So we can't just invent what we want our church to be. Mm. If we're going to be Christ's church, we must follow his design. Mm. And so I want to be very intentional uh, in following God's purpose for his church. I think accidental churches don't get it. Mm. We need to be intentional. And no, I'm not saying we have the secret sauce for planting churches but I do know that when you follow God's design, health will generally, will always, I believe, in the end, be the result. Yeah, I think that, that we, we we so often hear in the world, or, or especially amongst church circles, that, that multiplication or uh, making the churches bigger is so important. Now, making the church healthier is yeah. the key. And, and the good news, healthy things grow. That's right. So a healthy church, in one way or another, sometimes numerical, sometimes spiritually, but there's going to be growth happening when there's a balanced, healthy diet yeah. for a church. I think that that if so, if, if somebody's listening, I think that one one of the most important questions that a person ought to ask about a church is what is their plan of fulfilling the Great Commission? Absolutely. Just say, what's your vision? Yeah. And if they're stuttering and hum hawing you might need to go down the road. Yeah, yeah. Be careful of a church or leadership that, that can't answer that question, and we can answer it very quickly. Absolutely. <laughs> our, our vision is very clear. We are all about helping people find and fulfill God's purpose for their lives. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for that. And, you know, I was, I was thinking, during your message, I, I thought, you know, we've been a church for a little over 21 years and uh, um, and we baptized over a thousand people at Grace, and I think that that's that is that's powerful to me, uh, especially when I see churches that uh, every day there are literally hundreds of churches that are closing their doors for good, um, and yet our church is is not you know we're we're uh, we're not we're not flying by the seat of our pants, but we're, I think that we're we're fruitful in what we're doing, and this past Sunday. We, uh, we celebrated Mission Sunday, and as we talked about over the past couple weeks, uh, we dedicated the entire offering uh, to New Vision Latin America uh, missions and the powerful things that are going on down there. And uh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I mean, so, oh, right now, the money's still coming in, over $35,000. <laughs> has already come in. Jerry and Kayla Costa with New Vision Latin America, it, it was amazing this last year. They did this thing called Soccer with Value Crusade. And they That's got professional name. Christian soccer players to come in. They fill stadiums. They had 31,500 people attend. Yeah. And out of that, and, and this is what got the applause Sunday, 13,450 decisions were made for Christ. <laughs> That's mind-boggling. And what yeah. a, I mean, I'm humbled and so honored that that grace is a part of that kind of outreach in yeah. Latin America. Yeah. It's 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 a beautiful thing to see. I mean, it would take grace how many years to try to match that type of 
output. <laughs> More than I can add. Right, right. Uh, but that's God's math. Yeah. You know, uh, we we add and God multiplies. That's right. That's right. Um, I love Paul's, Paul, what he said, you know, uh, that, that, you know, Paul waters and, a, no, and Paul, a Paul, no, Paul plants, Paulus waters, or is it the other way around? I and God know. gives the increase. God gives the increase. Let's yeah. just trust him for that. You know, um, okay, so we have been here for over 21 years. Now, Rick, fast forward 50 years from now, um, you know, Nobody in 50 years is going to be listening to this because nobody's going to be alive uh, or very few of us. So what is your dream for grace? You know, let me answer that with this story. That sometime back I was reading a newspaper article and somebody uh, down in El Paso, Texas, they were uh, offering a bus tour of the old missions in and around El Paso. Mm. And, and they were saying, for so much money, you know, we'll give you the tour. And you go to this one and this one. It's five or six, maybe seven or eight old missions. Mm -hmm. And it talked about that, you know, as we as you would go to each one, you know, they're, they're, now they're museums and they're gifts, gift shops. And, and I began to think about that. And I thought, how sad. Mm -hmm. Those used to be churches. Oh, yeah. They, they used to be churches, and now they're a museum. Now they're a gift shop. Yeah. So to answer your question, Sean, in 50 years, I don't want Grace to be a museum. I don't want it to have a gift shop uh, sign <laughs> out front. Uh, I, want, I want Grace to be on the same tracks uh, that it is now. It's like a train. You know, we're on the track. And I, I want us to keep on the track. I want yeah. us to keep doing God's purpose in God's world for God's glory. Yeah. People, the, the one thing that, that people will always be wondering is why am I here? What is the purpose of humanity? And uh, only the church has not only the best answer, but the only answer. God created you. He's got the answer. He yeah. knows the purpose of your life. The key is get to know him. Fantastic, fantastic. And it all started, well, actually, it started, that's the beautiful thing about it, is as, as, we're, as Rick is rolling into his sermon series, God began to promise, uh, give these promises, these prophecies over hundreds of years. And I can't wait, Rick. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but uh, it's gonna, we're going to kick off uh, the great Christmas celebrations, December 7th and 8th. So December 7th at 6 o'clock. And December 8th at uh, 9 and 10.45 on a regular Sunday. Um, and then later on, on December 24th, we'll have a fantastic, a beautiful, beautiful celebration on December 24th uh, at 4.30 and 6. I always love our candlelight communion service. So many people from the community come in and uh, out-of-town guests come. It's just a great way to, uh, before we tear into the gifts and the food, it's yeah. a great way just to remember what we're really here for, wow. and that is the birth of Christ. Fantastic, fantastic. Rick, thanks so much uh, for, for being with us today and for giving us a little insight into your own heart for your church. Um, hey, and thank you for being with us today. We hope that you have been encouraged and better informed. You know, we love to get feedback, so please give us a rating or leave us a comment. Um, or maybe just let us know how we can pray for you. Just call us up here at Grace or uh, there's information at the bottom of the link. So 
For more information about Grace Community Church, you can visit us online at brosselgrace.com. And until next time, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Okay, so Rick, you made a pretty bold statement. <laughs> you said that disciples are best made through purpose-driven churches. Are you saying that other churches aren't getting it right? Welcome to the Living Your Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hale, Senior Pastor at Grace Community Church in Roswell, New Mexico. And I'm your co-host, Sean Lee. We are honored that you join us today as we do our best at connecting the dots of discipleship so that we can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. In fact, that is our purpose here at Living Your Dash podcast. Okay, so Rick, you taught us this past Sunday that a church plant needs to plant churches. Why was that such an important focus uh, for you? Well, when you when you look back at the ministry of Jesus, uh, he, he never really promoted a church to become like a cul-de-sac, where it all ends there, where, you know, God's blessing flows to one church, and that church says, okay, we're good. Uh, we've got a building. We've got a church. Uh, let's just put a sign up out front that says no vacancy. Yeah, It's never been that way. Uh, we are to be that river, and, and through the river, uh, the, the, the good news continues to flow. Yes. And so I think that, uh, well, I'm, I'm confident when you look at Scripture, it was always a church was planted, and it grew, but it never turned inward. It continued to turn outward and said, okay, where can we go now? And the, and the church at Antioch, mm -hmm. we looked at that in Acts 11. What a great example of a church that was planted, grew, got a good solid foundation, mm -hmm. and then said, where can we go? Where can we plant other churches? And so... Uh, the Apostle Paul and Barnabas were sent out by that church, and literally, the church at Antioch changed the Western world. Yeah, I, I, I find it interesting that we, as, as a, I don't know, either as this particular church or really any church, it's so easy to fall into that um, us for no more mentality. And uh, why is that? Why do we keep doing that? Selfishness. <laughs> The bottom line, we all have a sinful nature, and yeah. we all tend to say, what's best for me? Yeah. And once we receive, instead of being grateful and demonstrating our gratitude by sharing what we have received, paying it forward, yeah. we tend to just pay ourselves. Yeah, I like things to accommodate me. I like things, I like friendships that, that I'm comfortable with, and if I have to meet that new person, there's no telling how crazy that guy is or how crazy she is. And uh, I have to adjust. And I think it's important. You mentioned, because it, it's, it's in that Acts passage, about how Agabus, God sent a, uh, a prophet, Agabus, uh, to make a change in their lives. And to tell us a little more about that. Yeah, the prophet Agabus comes down and predicts there's a famine yeah. that's going to be happening down south in around Jerusalem, and that uh, that church up north in Antioch needs to uh, be sensitive to that need. Well, they end up basically taking up a love offering. Yeah, They send that love offering down to Jerusalem, and it 
brings great famine relief funding <laughs> to help their mother church. I what, think, what a picture of, of getting out of yourself and sharing with the mother church. That, that's remarkable um, that, that it, was the, it was because of the Jerusalem church, the, the witness and the testimony of Jesus uh, that made it from Jerusalem to Antioch. And now they were able to turn around and help their brothers and sisters. But even still, that, that's, a, that's a game changer. It is. You look at and you see their generosity flowing both ways. It flows back to the mother church saying, hey, we're grateful for what the mother church, we would not be here if it were not for the church at Jerusalem. So they they paid their gratitude backward, but then they paid it forward Mm -hmm. in the missionary journeys of Paul as he went out and planted other churches. What a great model for a church. Absolutely. Oh, well, we appreciate that. So, you know, you, you mentioned that it was the church at Antioch that really demonstrated um, purpose-driven. Um, and, and in fact, you, you went step by step through um, those five purposes. Can you remind us what those five purposes are and, and maybe, maybe talk a little bit more about how important that is for us today. It's so important that we realize the the five purposes of the church was not created by some man, Hmm. but these are clearly created by God and demonstrated in the New Testament church. Hmm. We we saw all five purposes that you connect people in membership, you, you grow to spiritual maturity, you equip people for ministry, you adore and worship God, and you reach out with the good news to others. Those five purposes of connect, grow, equip, adore, worship, and reach. You you see it demonstrated in Acts 11 with the church at Antioch. Mm. When you hit the rewind button to Acts chapter 2, the very first church in Jerusalem, you read Acts 2, you see all five purposes demonstrated. In fact, Sean, uh, in in, uh, 2020, leading up to Easter, I'm going to spend five weeks studying the Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Mm. Guess what you learn when you study the letter to the Ephesians? Paul walks you through the five purposes of the church. Now, I don't care what you call them. <laughs> and different people have different names, and I'm not hung up on labels and terminology, but I am hung up on the truth. Yeah. And the truth is God how do you want us to structure your church? Mm-hmm. And bad things happen when a church gets out of balance. Mm-hmm. If a church is all evangelism, well, you save people, but they never grow. Mm-hmm. Or if a church is all worship, mm-hmm. well, they have some great worship times, but they never reach out to anyone else. Yeah. So a balanced church is a healthy church. Yeah. I, I, when you mention things like that, it makes me feel like there, there are some churches that are known uh, for one thing or another, like for either terrific teaching or terrific music and, <clears throat> or um, uh, projects that they do or, or, or big events that they have. And it is, it is interesting how, how it is a, it's difficult, isn't it, to keep those things in balance. It is. Yeah. Very often what happens, Sean, is if the senior pastor has gifts in certain areas or a passion in a certain area, he will tend to drag the whole church, pull the whole church in that way. I've seen pastors who have a tremendous passion for evangelism, mm-hmm. and he will pull everybody in that direction. 
-hmm. Well, the problem is if you have people who, for example, have gifts in teaching, well, they kind of feel left out in a mm -hmm. church like that. Or if you have gifts in worship, they feel left out. And very often those people will kind of drift away because they think, well, they don't need me here because I don't have the gift and the passion for evangelism. Mm. Now, of course, you're, you're not different either. I mean, you have your definite strength, what has, uh, which is teaching, to teach Scripture. That, that's, I mean, I can, I can parrot that <laughs> all because you said it so many times. But so how do you, how do you balance things out with uh, knowing your strength so that it's not the main lightning rod around here? Yeah, two things is continue to teach myself and others mm -hmm. that there are five purposes, not yeah. one, that God has five purposes for his church. And so the, the way I would have tried to do it is, number one, staffing. Mm -hmm. I try to staff to my weakness. Mm -hmm. And Sean, your gifts are in different areas yeah. than teaching. You're you're uh, you're a connect pastor. Mm -hmm. You love to connect with people. You like to get people involved in membership, and mm -hmm. and so I try to staff to my weakness. So that would be my advice to senior pastors: please don't get people and put people like yourself on the staff. Wow! Always staff your weakness, and then secondly, for smaller churches, make sure you get key volunteers covering all five purposes, hmm. not just the purpose that you have a passion for. Yeah, we call them champions, champions of those purposes. Absolutely. And every every purpose needs to be championed by, at the beginning, one person, but then that person needs to build a team of people who have the same passion. Okay, so by the way, listeners, that was kind of unscripted, so that was kind of fun. I, that's why I enjoy this. You know, another thing that I, I just appreciate you doing, Rick, is you you basically spoke to maybe a someone that might be listening today. <laughs> and and there there might be they may be thinking, you know, one of these days, maybe God's calling me to shepherd a church. And I appreciate you giving that word. I, I think another thing that you have always been uh, persistent about and we it, it is the very first thing that goes on the annual calendar, and it's all five discovery classes. Uh, they're that important. <laughs> Absolutely, and we run them all through the year, and they are they're already on the 2020 calendar. Mm -hmm. We know what time and where and which rooms. Yeah, that really is. Now it's not an end all because yeah. these are introductory classes, and each class, each discovery class, introduces the attendee uh, attendees to one of the five purposes. And it's an introduction and we want to give them an overview. We want to show them here's where it is in scripture. Here's how it works out practically in your life. Okay, so let me, let me flip things just a little bit more. Is there a particular purpose or maybe one or two of those that you would say, you know, I want Grace right now to really focus in on that particular purpose. Can you think of one of those? For me, right now, it has to do with the season. We're moving into the holiday season, primarily Christmas, mm -hmm. and, well, Thanksgiving and Christmas. But here at Grace, as many churches do, mm -hmm. they have a, a great uh, emphasis during the holiday season on music and mm -hmm. on worship and on God's people getting together and celebrating the birth of Christ, the incarnation. So again, even, even through a 
a calendar year. There might be special times where a church emphasizes one purpose more than another. Mm -hmm. So believe me, through December, we are going to be emphasizing worship. And we've got a weekend celebration with a choir and orchestra and the band. And they've been practicing and rehearsing and praying Mm -hmm. and working hard because they want to, with excellence, uh, present worship to God that will touch the hearts and lives of the worshipers. Yeah, yeah, that includes me because I I, I get to sing. So, yeah. you know, it, it's almost as if um, the, the the purpose of adoration or worship and and the purpose of reach, uh, there's a, a great uh, combination here um, uh, because I think this is a tremendous opportunity for Grace members uh, to invite their friends. I think people want to have a reason to understanding why is it that Christmas is so important? Every study that I've ever read, when they interview people in church and say, why are you a member of this church? How did you ever arrive at the church? It's always right around 80% of the people. I mean, think about that. Eight out of 10 people in churches will say, I'm here because a friend invited me. Yeah. And the, the, what, what better time? Then yeah. during the Christmas season to say to a friend, a co-worker, a neighbor, a fellow student, hey, will you come and enjoy a great day and evening of, of music with me? Yeah. yeah. Just this past Sunday, um, I had the privilege of, of teaching part of um, Pastor Kevin and myself. We, we both taught the 401 Discovering Missions class. And one of the things, one of the challenges that I made to the class was Hey, who are you praying for? Who are you praying every day? God, lead me to somebody that I can I can share one of these cards with, uh, these these invite cards uh, with. Who is somebody that I'm praying for on a consistent basis? And so, if you're listening today, Grace, we encourage you as part of your own um, desire to be a a uh, ambassador uh, for for Christ. Be in prayer about who you're going to invite. Yeah, my wife and I just had lunch and. And when we got the bill, you know, we put a tip and make sure you put a nice tip. Yeah. But on top of the tip, I put an invitation card. Well, that's a great idea. To our server. How hard is that? Yeah. And who knows? He might end up coming. That's right. <laughs> and I invite people at the gym all the time. And so that's one of those things. 